This episode is supported by Vegamore. I'm a month and a half into my Vegamore journey. I don't know if you've ever had a garden and planted seeds, but when that first little growth breaks ground, it's exciting. And on my very head, I can see some new growth in the areas that I've noticed hair thinning before. And it's exciting to see those little babies coming in. I use the shampoo, conditioner, and the grow serum, which have a lovely, mellow, warm citrus smell. I've been consistently using this and it makes my hair feel soft and full. And it's really important to me that I use safe and conscious products whenever I can. And Vegamore is 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Elevate your hair wellness routine this year with Vegamore. For a limited time, get 20% off your first subscription order by going to vegamore.com slash mind and use code mind at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash mind, code mind to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash mind, code mind. Welcome to Mom in Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health from conception, pregnancy, to birth and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who've made it from struggling to wellness and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. We discuss very real struggles that can sometimes be hard to hear, but these are stories that need to be told so that moms and families can know that healing is possible. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Thank you for being with us today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. I'm going to be talking today a little bit about perfectionism, the need to feel like you have everything under control and the pressure for things to be just right or perfect, and how that all interacts with being a new mother. One of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this today is because I see it so frequently in new moms, moms who tend to be perfectionists, who want everything to be just right or to feel like they can manage things in a certain way and how much stress they have because they cannot do that with a brand new child. One of the other reasons, more personally, is this was one of the factors that contributed to my sense of overwhelm during my postpartum period. Yep, I am a perfectionist, and it's hard to say that out loud. I know it about myself, but it does play a part into quite a few things. As a matter of fact, even doing this episode today, I've had a week or so to put this episode together. And every time I sat down to write down my notes or put my thoughts together on what I wanted to say or how I wanted to say it, all of that internal stuff started coming up that gets in the way of us moving forward, which, you know, those little thoughts that trip you up, like, oh, does that make sense? Or how are people going to perceive this? Or is it going to be taken the right way? And this really strong sense of kind of overseeing my own thoughts and my own thought process. And, um, you know, having some space and time away from my difficulties through postpartum, I know for a fact that this was part of why things felt so overwhelming for me 
And I see it so readily in so many other moms in varying degrees, some in more mild forms and some moderate and some relatively severe, so much so that it's sort of hard to move past the idea that they can't make things better right away. So today in this episode, I'm going to go through a process of imperfection where I don't have my notes in front of me about things that I very specifically want to say, in part because I'm trying to push myself past and grow past these blocks that get in the way of me sharing information or sharing knowledge or sharing experiences with other people, but also because it's okay to not know. It's okay to fumble through things. It's okay to figure it out as we go along. It's okay to not know the answer before you start. And very specifically with new mothers, I this is absolutely part of the process of becoming a new mother and getting into new parenthood is realizing that you can't control everything, that you don't know everything, that this brand new little being is going to have a will of their own and timing of their own and a process of their own. And it's not something that we can manage or rather micromanage to a certain extent. It's just we have to get used to not knowing. That's what a lot of new parenthood is about is not knowing. And even for moms who have that really, really high anxiety that I've had multiple sessions with moms who have the high anxiety and I, you know, we go through the whole process of trying to be okay with not knowing. And there's such a strong response to that sense of needing to know and needing to fix and needing to understand and even more so needing to feel better yesterday if possible. I wrote a blog post recently for Postpartum Support International, and it is titled Soul Level Crisis. If you get a chance to read through that post, it's a lot about my sense of complete overwhelm and upheaval after becoming a parent and some of the ways in which I felt like my ways in the world were being challenged. And this was one of the ways that I wasn't going to be able to know and predict and manage and estimate and foresee and do just the right thing at just the right time for my child or for myself. And that feeling of even though you're doing something brand new for the very first time that somehow you should already know how to do it and not knowing how to do things is just unacceptable on some level. And when you can't do that thing that you're supposed to be able to do, then what does that mean about you? For the PSI blog post, there were many, many other factors that went into what I wrote in there. But I do think it's important to highlight that that feeling that a lot of really anxious new moms get and new parents get is you went from one day being able to kind of control and manage everything in your environment or most things, to not being able to really predict a whole lot once that baby comes. And that that process can happen in pregnancy too. It's just more distinct in the postpartum period because there's a whole new person to take care of as well. One thing that I notice a lot with very highly perfectionist moms is they also come with a really high sense of morality and conscientiousness, 
What I mean by that is like a very strong sense of right and wrong and a very strong sense of what is sort of morally correct. And where I see this really sort of explode emotionally for moms who are experiencing a really high level of anxiety, if they're also experiencing intrusive thoughts, and I suppose for just intrusive thoughts in general, not just for anxious moms, but this sort of connection that I see quite often with intrusive thoughts and this really high sense of conscientiousness are sort of at odds with each other. So for instance, a mom is having a thought that pops into her mind that is disturbing or upsetting to her about something happening to her child or doing something to her child. And then she knows she would never do that. And how could she possibly think that? And then what a bad mother she must be for feeling that way or thinking that way. So if you can sort of see where that cross-section is of the intrusive thought coming in, it being so not okay in the mom's mind for that thought to be coming in, and that it's so not her to do those things. And I'm using moms right now as an example, but this also happens to other people. So this thought comes in that is essentially antithetical to who she is and something she would never do and is out of her control in some sense that the thought is coming in is out of her control. This episode is supported by Ritual. I am by nature and nurture a bit skeptical. I have to see for myself if something works or if it's helpful before I just believe it whole cloth. And I'm open to trying things out to see for myself, and that includes finding strategies for my wellness. I have historically low vitamin D, so it's important for me to take Ritual's Essential 18 because it has D3 in it, and their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin has several other high-quality, traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. What I love and have always loved about Ritual is that it's a female-founded company, and it's a B Corp, which means they're holding themselves accountable and not just long-term, but also to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash momandmind. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash momandmind for 25% off. Support for today's episode comes from OneSkin, and for a limited time, my listeners get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code MIND when you check out at oneskin.co. Well, I've kept up my mini resolution of taking better care of my skin after consistently using OneSkin for several weeks and all is going well. I can't see what's going on at a cellular level, but I can tell you that my skin feels soft and healthy. But they did do some cool research that looked at before and after exposure of the OS1 peptide to skin cells, and the OneSkin scientists found that the peptide reverses skin's biological age. And you can even see that study by Zonari A. et al. in the NPJ Aging Journal. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code MIND at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code MIND. 
After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. New Year, healthier skin. That's one skin. And then being upset with herself that she had the thought, wanting the thoughts to just stop and sort of digging her heels in. And then they are not just stopping because she says she wants them to stop. And then on some level, intensifying in some other way. Because there's this combination of, oh my gosh, I can't believe I would think that. And oh my gosh, I would never do that. And that being just so not part of who she is. And then also on top of all of that, not at all part of the motherhood that she had hoped for. So I'm not really going to get into a discussion today of the whole idea of our preconceptions about what motherhood is or what it's supposed to be. We've had a couple of episodes on those topics, but I really want to focus in on this kind of connection between anxiety and perfectionism and this high morality. That's what I'm calling it in terms of what I see with women that I support. And then also as a reflection of my own process, thinking to yourself, I would never do that sort of thing when you have an intrusive or upsetting thought come in about yourself or your child. An additional layer of difficulty with this is that, you know, maybe there's this underlying sense of who you are. Let's just say you do identify as being a perfectionist. Let's just say you do identify with having a, you know, a sense of anxiety around things needing to be a certain way or being able to manage or control things in a way that's predictable to you, that feels safe to you, is that when you're going through an anxiety, in this case a pregnancy or postpartum anxiety, the volume on those thoughts, on the negative thoughts, on the intrusive thoughts, on the perfectionist thoughts, the volume on those are like turned way up. And that's a function of the anxiety. It's a function of sleep deprivation. It's a function of multiple things going on at once, biologically, hormonally, situationally, that are contributing to intensify what's going on for you in that moment and putting a magnifying glass on to what your normal process might be when you're in a stressful situation. So what I mean by that is like, so the volume is up and it becomes really difficult to tolerate things that you might have normally or it becomes really difficult to tolerate things that maybe you used to be able to do and maybe had a much easier time managing But now in this context, in this situation with, especially if like baby's crying and you're stressed out and you don't know what's going on with the baby or with yourself and you have an intrusive thought come in that is scary to you or worrisome or upsetting on some level and then the overwhelm happens and maybe at that point the crying begins and just feeling like flooded by your emotional state. So then what often happens to most people who are experiencing these symptoms or these series of symptoms or process is that somewhere along the line, it starts to become personalized. What's wrong with me? Why am I thinking this way? I must be a bad mother. I must be a bad person. And depression and anxiety already do this to the thinking process, kind of make it self-judgmental and harder on yourself and make it hard to see positive stuff, only seeing the negative. But I feel like there's a double whammy here for perinatal moms and that 
depression and anxiety are already making us feel bad about ourselves. But then there's this other very thick layer of what we're supposed to be feeling like and that, you know, we should be happy in all of that business. So that that part of that high conscientiousness, high morality piece is much heavier than also. It just brings another type of intensity to the feelings and it can often make it feel like it's true that all these things that you think about yourself and feel about yourself are true. Depression lies, anxiety lies, and sleep deprivation most definitely lies and makes us think things that unfortunately sometimes we start to believe when we're in a compromised emotional state or we're having a lot of stress. Our thought process just becomes really mucky and sometimes overwhelming. So one of the things I hear from moms who are kind of on the more severe or higher intensity level of anxiety, potentially even having panic attacks or feeling traumatized by their intrusive thoughts or by their experience of intrusive thoughts, is they come in for therapy, come in to get help and are hoping that I or whoever the therapist is that's going to be meeting with them will be able to fix it right away. As in somehow we will be able to give them the right advice, say the right thing, set them on the right course so that their symptoms will very quickly, if not immediately, disappear. Which is, you know, when you're in that kind of stress and strain is a completely reasonable hope because it can feel unbearable. It can feel overwhelming to have that level of anxiety and to have that sense that things are just that out of control. That's where the kind of perfectionist part can come in. That's not true for everyone who feels that way, but it's one place where it can come in. It's an overwhelming feeling. You want to be rid of it. It makes sense that you want it to be gone right away. So here's where it gets challenging, though, is that I can't make it go away right away and neither can the mom, or neither can you. If you yourself are experiencing this, it is a process of healing to get through that kind of stuff. There are many different ways that healing can happen. So for a lot of moms who come in and I can see right away, or recognize that really, really high level of anxiety, but really try to tell them right off the bat, you're probably gonna feel like you want this to go away right away, and that's totally understandable. And also, this is going to be a healing process. It's I can't make this go away right away. And so definitely, you know, giving them some skills and tools are great. But when you have somebody who has such a high level of intensity of overwhelm, and you suggest for them to do something like breathing exercises, if they're not actually doing it, sometimes I will just be given an eye roll. Like, okay, lady, I'm coming here losing my mind and you want me to take some deep breaths. That's not going to do anything. And on some level, that's true a little bit. It's not going to do anything to fix everything right away. There are often multiple steps in the process of healing, and some of them are onloading some skills that takes some practice, which is so frustrating for somebody who wants to be done with how they feel. They just want to be better. Again, if I can kind of bring that back to the perfectionistic 
desire that I don't want to feel this way. It needs to be gone right away. And that difficulty with tolerating the process of healing can be so challenging. And sometimes this is where people kind of want to tap out and say, okay, well, this isn't going to help. She just told me to do some breathing exercises. And and that's true. That's not going to cut it. It's not the only thing. But when we're working on a healing process, as I said before, it takes multiple steps and multiple different avenues. And sometimes, unfortunately, healing is a trial and error process. Especially, you know, for me as a therapist, if I'm working with somebody new, it takes me a couple of sessions to be able to kind of understand their context fully, understand what has worked for them in the past and what hasn't and what we can try again and what we can do differently. So it can take a little time to figure out all of the things that are going to help. One thing, though, that I'd like to just make sure is clear is that there's so much pressure to feel like you can sort of think your way out of a problem or that if that you should just be able to kind of decide to be better and be better. And going back to the healing process, it does take some time. There's a way in which mental health just really does become personalized. And, you know, for the person themselves, there's something wrong with me, that kind of thing. But then also the way that other people talk to us about our mental well-being is this kind of like what's wrong with you. So we're getting kind of hit from both sides on some level, both blaming ourselves and then having other people blaming us. So when I talk about the concept of perfectionism and being a perfectionist, I'm not talking about it from a point of like judgment at all. I've truly believed that however it is that you are in the world has developed that way because of a need, because you may have needed to for whatever your circumstances were in your life. However you grew up, whatever family system you had, it was probably a super useful skill to be a perfectionist. And it probably helped you get through quite a few things. I can recall a couple of different clients where part of their personality, so to speak, the way they cope in the world by being a perfectionist really, really, really helped them get positions at work or get promotions or do well in their job or any number of things, do well at school. And just with everything else, there's both sort of a good side and a a difficult side to most things. So while the thing that may have really propelled you in your life as a perfectionist, as somebody who really pushed themselves hard, as somebody who could manage and control their way to make things right or to make things good or to get what you needed, that can really fall apart as a way to cope when you're a new parent. So those same skills, those same tools that got you so far in your life and that you've relied on to cope and manage just may not work the same way with a brand new little person, not to mention whatever kind of relationship you're in with a brand new little person too. This is where it gets really hard during pregnancy and postpartum. There's a lot of what ifs. There's a lot of I don't know. There's a lot of new territory. And on some level are out of your control in the sense that there's a whole new person with their own set of things. And sometimes for parents who are high achievers, that can mean anything. 
kind of set your mind to something and you get it and you go and do it. High achieving people may experience this devastation, this setback, this disappointment and not being able to do all the things they used to be able to do to cope and to get through and to manage. It can be really hard to sort of go with the flow of a newborn or a pregnancy or whatever the situation is perinatally. You know, that that might be a very foreign feeling or foreign concept and and not feel okay. And not that you necessarily have to just kind of let go and do and be whatever the baby needs at any given time. You are still you and, and you have your own things to do. But kind of coming to terms with having to be in the world in a slightly different way, if not a very different way sometimes, is a process. It just takes time. And again, with that kind of higher anxiety, higher need to be able to fix things right away, to tolerate that bit of distress where you can't be relying on something you've always been able to do and not knowing how the situation is going to turn out or how you're going to be able to solve the problem. There are so many dynamics that are unfolding during this period of time. And these are just a couple of them that I'm wanting to highlight specifically about moms who tend to be perfectionists and the things that I see very more commonly as challenges during pregnancy and postpartum for those moms. You know, there are quite a few skills and techniques to be able to help cope and manage uh, with this. And some of them are breathing exercises and finding a way to slow down your body process, your thought process, to allow yourself some time to think and not just be responding and reacting to your anxiety. Those are skills, and there are some great workbooks and great therapists out there who can help with that type of skills building. Another way to cope with all of this is finding a way to go easy on yourself, to reduce the amount of pressure that you put on yourself to know everything or to be able to accomplish whatever it is that you have in your mind related to yourself or your new baby. It's absolutely okay to not know what you're doing. It's absolutely okay to ask for help. One of the really difficult things, maybe about life in general, I'm not sure, but for sure about this, when moms are experiencing really intense levels of feeling is acceptance. And, you know, when I suggest to people that acceptance can be part of their healing process, acceptance of how they're feeling, acceptance that they don't know what to do or don't know the right answer um that can feel very difficult and some people really don't like that idea it's not for everybody but one thing i like to clarify is that you know people say well i don't want to accept how i feel this i don't want to feel this way i like to highlight that there's a difference between accepting that this is what it is for now versus resigning to it, that this is how it's going to be forever. This episode is supported by Factor. Eating better is better with ready-to-eat Factor meals. And ready-to-eat means pop it in the microwave for two minutes and done. I mix in a few of these meals into my rotation for the days that we're on the run or that I don't want to make anything. 
I chose the high-protein and calorie-smart options, one of which is the mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice with garlic roasted green beans. This is restaurant quality and so tasty. I can adjust how many meals I get in my order as much or as little as I need every week. Plus, I can pause or reschedule my deliveries anytime, which comes in really handy for our busy schedule. Head to factormeals.com slash momandmind50 and use code momandmind50 to get 50% off. That's code momandmind50 at factormeals.com slash momandmind50 to get 50% off. This episode is supported by Hungry Root. I am a creature of habit when it comes to food, like I buy the same stuff in the store and generally make the same stuff over and over. Not really that fun. So in order to shake things up, I use Hungry Root. I can pick a whole meal and they send me what I need to make it, but I will also just let them choose so I don't get into my rut. And it paid off. I got the chicken shawarma non-flatbread. These are flavors that I wouldn't have thought to put together on my own and they totally work. It was so yummy and so easy to make. And bonus, I also received for free organic roasted chicken breast that I threw into a salad for another meal. Hungry Root is my partner in healthy and yummy living. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Mom and Mind listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash cat to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash cat. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. And there's something really beautiful that happens when people are able to get into that space of accepting like, okay, this is what it is right now in this moment. Okay, there's that intrusive thought. I see you intrusive thought. All right. And kind of meeting those thoughts, meeting those feelings where they are and just saying, I see you. I see that this is happening right now can be a really powerful way of actually reducing the anxiety and reducing that tension that comes up with, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Why won't this stop? I want this to be over tomorrow. Um, I want this to be over right now, which creates its own process of anxiety. But it's almost the same thing that you would want from somebody else that cared about you to say, I see you. I see that this is hard right now and it's okay. Those are the kinds of things that we can do to ourselves in any given moment. It takes a ton of practice. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do. But specifically for, you know, as we're talking about new moms who have this tendency towards perfectionism, letting go is hard. Accepting is hard. But it's also part of, it can also be a really lovely part of transitioning into motherhood and into a new role is to give yourself a little bit of grace, a little bit of space to not know and to give yourself that compassion that many people want in those moments. You know, you wouldn't necessarily want a partner to come up to you and say the things that you say to yourself. Why can't you get it together? How come you don't know what you're doing? What's wrong with you? You're a bad mother. I mean, you'd be incredibly offended because it's rude. But we do that to ourselves all the time. So while you're going through your own healing process or helping someone go through their own healing process, you know, sometimes just understanding that that sense of perfectionism may come from a pattern in your life where you needed that type of skill. But also then motherhood and parenthood 
comes with its own needs. It's its own need for a different set of skills. And it's possible, again, I don't, everybody's situation is a little bit different, but it might be useful to consider a new skill set. And that part of that is taking it easy on yourself and giving yourself that compassion. So I'm going to wrap this up here. And thank you guys for going along with me on my own um, experiment in pushing through perfectionism and kind of letting me uh, free flow through that. I hope it was coherent and useful for you guys. And I'm really excited to continue to bring you guys new episodes every week. And we're having some really great interviews coming up. I'm very excited to share all of the awesomeness that's coming up. If you haven't yet subscribed to Mom and Mine on iTunes or Google Play or YouTube or iHeartRadio or any of the places that you listen to podcasts, go ahead and do that. And then you'll get all of the episodes downloaded straight to you. You can pick and choose the ones you want to listen to either now or later while you're on a walk, while you're doing the dishes, while you're driving around in the car. If you're looking for any more information and resources on the topics of this podcast, please go to www.momandmind.com and check out all of that information there and look through our catalog of episodes to find the next one you'd like to listen to. Thanks for being with us today. Until next time. By joining us today, you are part of the growing community of people who are aware and concerned for mothers and families during this beautiful and sometimes very difficult time of life. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. You can feel better. Please look for resources for help at momandmind.com. Together, we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Mom and Mind community. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.